Welcome to Creative Adventures with Rosa Lewis. In this episode, I talk with my friend David about sexual energy, eros, and how that intersects with awakening. Hello, I'm here with my friend David Lassiter. We're in the Netherlands together, hanging out in Amsterdam. We've been having a nice time and we thought it would be nice to record a conversation about the themes of sex, love and awakening and how they sort of intersect and relate. Mm. Yeah, do you want to just introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is David. I grew up in the States. My mother is Dutch, so I also have family and roots here. I met Rose of all places on Twitter and we've just struck up a, a really what was initially a mentorship and then became more of a, like, we, we taught some meditation together and now it's also just become a really, really rich friendship. My background is I used to be a filmmaker in Los Angeles, then I took a bunch of psychedelics and realized that consciousness was something I needed to understand more about and spent about six years uh, traveling mostly in Asia, India, Nepal, doing a lot of uh, Buddhist practices, mostly Theravada, Vipassana meditation, and also got quite interested in various sort of modern relational therapeutic practices to help integrate the more social aspect because I found meditating quite a solitary endeavor. (laughs) And so then for me, there's a lot of interest around the relationship between human connection, introspection, awakening, deepening into uh, what it is to be in this human experience more generally. Uh, And Rosa is somebody who I've really, really enjoyed uh, plumbing those depths with. So I thought probably important to start with a little bit of context around our relationship. Mm. The closest friendship I've ever made on Twitter, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good summary. It's a good yeah. summary, yeah. yeah. And I feel like there's an, like an interesting... Basically, I'm aware of the fact that there's a testimonial on my website, which is like the sort of more mentor-mentee role. Ah, uh, yeah. True. And it's a sense of like... True. That facilitated our meeting in a way like it started a role in a, in a very that, loose way that's true yeah right. <laughs> nice <laughs> and it's like still feels true to me and it's like that is part of our relationship but it's not the main context it's, it seems like it shifted a bit i yeah. think especially when we started to lead some meditation together yes the sort of colleagues friends peers thing came more, more yeah. online yeah yeah i feel like there was almost kind of three phases started mm. out as that sort of mentor mentee mm-hmm. became more like friends and peers teaching together yeah but still including some of the mentor mentee correct and then now it's like primarily a super close friendship correct. that includes those other two things cat cat friendship cat friendship cat two friendship. cats now two it's cats. And now it's just <laughs> it's transcended the friendship and just become cats two cats yeah, yeah. <laughs> two cats in a rainbow somewhere yeah. <laughs> any other questions <laughs> Because in a meta way, that's interesting, right? Because I guess one of the reasons I wanted to record this with you is because one of the really unique things for me about our friendship is the, just the like total freedom in it, which shines out particularly around this stuff, like the way we talk about it and the way we are around it. It's just like nothing's off bounds and we... That seems true. There's a lot of like intimacy and I 
feel like I would sort of tell you anything and a lot of closeness and a lot of just like shared exploration into these topics and for me it's like it's interesting the kind of different boundaries around these things it's like the, it's the friendship that facilitates that but we're also talking in the context of awakening which would be more yeah ah, oh now like, I'm, yeah now I'm trying to understand what you're saying it's like if our if our relationship was primarily mental mentee I'd be like a creepy guru, wouldn't I? Totally be a little predatory. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Talk to me about your, your painful breakup and you'll get extra awakening points in my, in my cult. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what comes up for me is, I think maybe I haven't actually really put together what, what you had just said in that for me, I feel very fortunate that I've had, I think, a number of close friendships in my life where there's a similar feeling of sort of anything can be said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which feels, when I actually think about it, it feels like a huge gift. It's like, it's like I can talk about those friends also with Awakening. I think mm-hmm. their knowledge of it is like different than yours. Mm-hmm. But to have the two together is, I agree, sort of an unusual. There is something unusual about it. <laughs> yeah, and it's almost like the, the combination mm. buys a level of freedom. Ah. And the sort of like energetic nature and ah. the kind of like imaginal nature. and the That seems true. The way that we can sort of go places that yeah. we can't necessarily talk about in a more direct way where you're just like talking specifically about like oh in this relationship this happened and it's more like this sort of big free space of just like all experiences open and and Um, what and what comes up for me is basically the spoken and unspoken sense that it's really not possible to broach topics of certainly not of sexuality even of romance to a certain degree with the vast majority of my traditional teachers especially my buddhist teachers yeah it's just essentially not spoken of. The baseline assumption is certainly if you're a monastic, then then you're, you're you're chaste. But even as a lay person, I think there's a way in which you know there's the practicalities of if you're a mm-hmm. householder and a family person, then sex is a part of life to have children. But certainly to be caught up in reflecting a lot on sex and sexuality, I think is not a part of what my teachers would necessarily encourage me to be doing right. in, my, in my lay life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for yeah. me, it has felt there's a bit of a splitting there. That's mm-hmm. felt a bit uneasy for me in the past. Like an awareness for me of how incredibly rich on a human and perhaps beyond level, sexual energy, romantic energy, love energy. Like it's these big forces that seem to drive so much of existence. And I think they're very much in the shadows in more traditional forms of Buddhism. And that was something for a while that I just sort of accepted and thought was like like in a way a higher form of purity mm-hmm. you know and i do think there is something to be said for you know being on retreat for months and not being sort of bombarded by sexual imagery from billboards and whatever yeah. there's something pretty peaceful about that at least as a man it's like there's just a sense of peace not having my kind of sexual energy like sort of provoked by the by the culture around me all, all the time so i think yeah. there's something to that that said we live in the world we live in and so then also there's a lot of beauty and richness in exploring sex sexual energy and so then it feels really nice to be able to share that in a very real and open way with you yeah super nice yeah and actually it's a lot in in a slightly different context with slightly different boundaries but it is a lot the work i do with people as well is in this realm working with men and specifically around like eros erotic energy like dealing with shadows which is often has links to sexuality absolutely absolutely yeah yeah I'm trying to remember, did, did we actually, I'm not sure that we actually focused on that so much. No, it came up. It came up, yeah, but it, but it wasn't it a major wasn't focus. A yeah. theme. Yeah. Yeah, and there's something as well about what you're saying, which is almost like distinguishing between 
the sort of energetics, the emotions, that sort of stuff, and this kind of like cultural just bombardment of like yeah. sexual imagery and stuff like that. Yeah. Because another reason why I thought it'd be nice to, to record this is because I've talked explicitly about like engaging with sex as an opportunity to like awaken parts of us and like really yeah. connect with life yeah. And, yeah. and and generally of the nature to like talk more freely about it be more free be more yeah. sort of expressive with it yeah i've talked a bit about porn and stuff like that on my on my website and, yeah yeah and there's a side that i realize i haven't talked about which is mm. that actually in my life i'm pretty conservative in, in a way ah and it's kind of like this balance between bringing these things out of the shadow in the way yeah. where we like energetically and emotionally and kind of conceptually can talk about them and there's freedom around them so they're not in shadow yeah, yeah. but also there is a, a kind of deep respect of the sacredness of sex for me and yeah. holding those two things at once yeah beautiful it's i think it's we've yeah similar similar for you would you say there's there's i mean what comes up when i hear your question is an awareness of the complexity of of the of the topic mm-hmm. because on one level i also feel very aware of the sacredness of, mm-hmm. of sex in you know the context of loving relationships like for me sex and the beauty of sex are are yeah like almost divine or mm-hmm. or maybe actually divine there's a there's a sense of of getting in touch with something like god in the connection that's possible in in sex with someone you really love and there's also this is the part that that i feel le- less clear on there is a kind of darker kind of perverse sexual energy Mm -hmm. that i'm aware of in in me as well and then i genuinely get a little confused has that been trained into me Mm -hmm. through a culture that is in a very in many ways has a lot of shadows around sex and sexuality is that the result of watching pornography on and off from you know about age 15 Mm -hmm. and the way that that teaches me to unconsciously look at women or perceive women as sexual objects is that the result of you know seeing movies where women are over and over again being objectified sexually and Mm -hmm. just being a sponge to that culture over time and and not until you know probably five or seven years ago really thinking about that very critically is that something connected with a kind of primal male biological borderline predatory sexual energy Mm -hmm. that just is part of the way it is Mm -hmm. like i feel i feel nervous saying that out loud because i feel like that's the kind of thing that is like very that's like on the edge of taboo in Mm -hmm. our modern age but i have a sense that there's something animalistic in sexuality that is very real and given that we're in these animal bodies is a very real part of our biology and that we're wrestling with how to integrate and have been wrestling with how to integrate for thousands of years yeah what comes up again all this feels like a bit edgy but i remember one time just being in India, I was, you know, I traveled and lived in India for many years and watching the dogs mate, mm-hmm. it is not by <laughs> any means a gentle process. I mean, it looks a bit like rape mm-hmm. and, it, and it's like, and that's just how it is. And it really like, there was something in it for me that like, it's hard to watch. I feel like I also didn't try to spend too much time watching, but mm-hmm. just some recognition of, ah, there's something like very real happening for these creatures. They're driven by this incredibly intense desire to reproduce. And there's something very violent about it. Mm-hmm. And I it, think it in some way, and again, I feel very sort of on the edge of, of E saying this, but it put me in touch with understanding a bit more 
the complexity of this issue for humans. And I think that there's something that feels culturally very tricky about acknowledging that right now. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's great. Yeah, I think it's all those things mm-hmm. you described. I think it's, the, like you say, complex and all of those things touch on it. Yeah. And so one of the reasons why I can do this work with people and am sort of confident doing it and it helps people is because... I've like gone into all that shadow stuff. Yeah, beautiful. So I've spent thousands of hours in that yeah. darkness, yeah. processing yeah. it and yeah. and integrating the shadow sides of yeah. it. And yeah, I, I think there's something important in, in what you're saying as well, in that it's not like, I guess for me, like the physical act of having sex with, an, with another person right. feels like a very sacred thing, but it's not yeah. like a judgment of, it doesn't always have to be that for everyone. That's like a personal thing for me, I think. I would definitely agree not, not everybody experiences it that way. No, yeah. and, and also there's a sense of like, you know, having been a pretty wild teenager or whatever. And like, and that's an interesting thing in and of itself. Because I think like figuring out sex when I was younger, I think the things you were saying, like the messages that we, I received about mm-hmm. what sex is mm-hmm. were just you know just like a mess I didn't know what uh, I was doing and impossible. it was just a nightmare and like you know drunken one night stands and all of yeah. that sort of thing and yeah, it was sure. just like on the one hand that was kind of like an important part of figuring stuff out of and course. I wouldn't change it of necessarily course. Of course. but also on the other hand there's a sense of like if someone had sort of framed it in a way that was more open more like talked about more emotional more intimate more sort of like described that side of things a bit more I think I could have understood it better from the start. Um, What's coming up for me, which I you may not agree with, mm-hmm. but sex is so much a part of our culture mm-hmm. in all these yeah. latent and sort of messy and like gnarled ways. Yeah. And for human beings, it's also like so much something that's driving them, like yeah. attraction and beauty and all of that is yeah. so much a part mm-hmm. of the world we live in. And, and so I, I do wonder whether or not on some level many people do experience some degree of this sort of divine quality in it but don't really have the language for it or the context yes. for it but it's i think everyone would agree that sex is one of the m- more special and unique experiences that a human being can have yeah on some level i think there are many people for whom it is mostly just a pleasurable experience it's mm-hmm. fun it's whatever it feels good it feels mm-hmm. really good whatever but something about that there's like an extra quality right yeah. it's like what else do we pursue with such fervency yeah you know maybe money but like there's something and is the money just to get there you, go, right? there you go there you go there you go there you go i had this amazing quote that's really stuck with me and i don't know if i totally agree with it but i just want mm-hmm. to repeat it here to some i don't know old school hollywood actress who said everything in life is about sex except for sex which is about power mm, yeah that rings that has, <laughs> definitely rings true that has some truth in it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But so maybe just a return to the divine mm-hmm. thing. Like, it, you know, again, would, would many people say I experienced God during sex? I mean, I'm not sure if they'd use that language. But I, I imagine that if you asked people in general, is there something a little bit extra, mm. a little something extra quality in yeah. sex? They would say, yeah, of course there is. And yeah. to me, that's in a way linked to, to what you're saying. Yeah. And it's like, like you say, it's not, it doesn't have to be like sex for that. It's kind of like, you know, eye contact, like oh. feeling beautiful. Uh, desiring beauty like uh, you know like going out for a nice meal the eating it's kind of like this sort of erotic like yeah, beautiful uh, like and then i think yeah the, so i think that is in a way this is one of the reasons to talk about it is because i think it is like the deepest part of us it's like the mm. most the part where we're most deeply connected 
to the universe in a way is this sort of like eros life force yeah this is nice there's ways in which that can come out in relationship between yourself and the universe and then between yourself and in platonic situations that is sort of like the eros coming alive but i think in a romantic or during two people having sex it's almost like you're connecting on all of the different levels that seems true and so it kind of really holds a lot of potential for this form of connecting with the world to come out so what i'm hearing you say is for you like the er the more more generally speaking eros is really Mm -hmm. the the thing yeah and then sex sort of you know sex as we sort of generally talk about it is one of the best ways to get access to eros yeah exactly yeah it's like you can have eros kind of like emotionally energetically totally intellectually totally and then it's like all of those different ways that you can have eros can come together during sex that's true with another person it's like both of you doing it and then it's like this whole world of eros that's just like being created and it's so yeah power in that yeah i do wonder you know something about just the the experience we had of like looking around the restaurant we were sitting at last night and mm-hmm. looking at different people's faces and wondering mm-hmm. like is for some people the best way to get contact with eros and really the only way to get contact with eros sex like from for many people do yeah, they, do they not have other access points i think that my sense is that eros is also something that's a bit in the shadows culturally yes i think we have more access points to it because we are a very i think sensual and hedonistic oriented culture but I don't think that... So to me, Eros always has a kind of divinity in it. Yes. And I would say that in a way we've stripped that part out in capitalistic society. Yeah. You know, we're just getting you the dopamine, ding, 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 just hitting your pleasure centers over and over and not really giving people context for, for what that might be. Yeah, and in a way, that's not Eros. Correct. Because it's, like you say, it's just hitting the pleasure button, which is different to a sense of like connection that you feel with something where... Eros is kind of like a creative process of hmm. connection. That's an interesting distinction. I I have the sense that I have, maybe it's also just who, who I am mm-hmm. as a person. I remember going to a lot of concerts in my 20s. I was mm-hmm. a huge music lover, still mm-hmm. am, but really in my 20s I was very focused on it. I would go to a concert every two or three weeks, sometimes more. I live in Los Angeles, so much good music happening. And I would repeatedly have what I think in retrospect are something like, yeah, spiritual experiences. Mm-hmm. I would be sort of overcome by a sense of beauty and awe and mm-hmm. mystery and the loudness and the way that the music would make my body vibrate mm-hmm. and just a sense of, and, and also the ecstasy of being lost in the sort of crowd energy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not sure the concert promoters were necessarily, this is, and this is not with drugs necessarily, yeah. you know, this yeah, is just yeah. me going there because I love the experience so much. I noticed that over time, concert promoters in Los Angeles, as especially as electronic music was, mm-hmm. was getting more popular, were pushing this. They were right. selling like you're going to have a transcendent experience. Mm-hmm. And that was like part of the marketing. And I thought that was so funny because like yeah. in a way they're right. Yeah. And in a way they're they're actually onto something. You may find that there's still like a more refined layer. And I, I think there is still even a more refined layer to that kind of, yeah, ecstasy with Eros. But, but I remember feeling like they were some of the most profound experiences of my life at the time. I didn't have a reference point for them in other places. Yeah. And only years later did I come to see that I was actually touching into something like what we're talking about now, but with no sort of context for it. And so it wasn't just straight dopamine. I was getting something quite profound. Yeah. I think that the difference is it's like, the, it's like a very, very subtle difference, but it's like the mm. way you're engaging with something 
It's not just like a thing where you go to a shop and you buy it and then you get it. It's like an experience that is sort of you're co-creating by showing up and it's like yes. something you're super interested in and like yes. you're sort of coming alive and allowing it to impact you. It's sort of like your relationship with the music and your your relationship with the venue and it's sort of like this experience that is arising rather than, you know, like a thing that you go out and buy. Totally, but I think I do want to sort of question this a little bit because I think about the popularity of Fifty Shades of Grey, for example. Mm-hmm. You know, this is in a lot of ways just a sort of dressed up version of a, of a sort of grocery store romance novel, right? Yeah. I get the sense that it, it actually also made a, an impact on a lot of people who oh, read it. Oh, for sure. Yeah, like yeah. that, there's it's not just a kind of mindless thing. No, that that yeah. you know, I think it's probably mostly aimed at women. Is, is that right? That that I book. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. Yeah. I get the sense that there's something very real for the women who are reading that book. There is a kind of eros being stirred in them, whether they would oh, call totally. it that or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, totally. so you, you do agree with that? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's like people want the eros but they don't know how to get it maybe that's sort true. of like stuck in this kind of like but because of the shadow and stuff like that can kind of open up a bit of space for cultural shadow to lift a bit T- totally and it can have an impact yeah so what for you then is the thing i heard you say like you know sort of collaborative what helped you or what helps the people who you're working with sort of turn the corner yeah. from kind of more mindless or more disengaged like just being in a sort of recept pleasure receptive mode mm-hmm. versus it turning into eros Yeah, so I think there's a couple of things. One is like owning your own desire. That's like Mm. super important. Mm. It's it's like the sort of capitalist, you know, sexy posters in adverts everywhere. It's like you're getting pulled out of your head all the time. Like, look at this, look at this, look at this kind of like. And it's almost like a bit of sense restraint and going in. And really owning your desire and sort of in, it, connecting with it in an, in a way that I guess like is partially kind of honouring the joy and beauty of it. And it yeah. is it can be painful as well because you can in this way it's like you're desiring things and you're not necessarily going to get them. You have to sort of like that's true draw it into yourself and connect with it in your body and feel what it feels like to desire something. That feels like an important part. But there's there's huge huge power in that in terms of where it can take you energetically if you're willing to work with it so when i talk about things like energy body orgasms and stuff like that it's like but this is the place where that stuff comes from when you really start to go fully into the desires yeah 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 Hmm. and like connecting your body with what that feels like and yeah work through the content that it brings up yeah i immediately start to get this I, i feel like almost on a bodily level i start to get that like contraction from a more traditional buddhist perspective mm. the relationship desire which also feels so yeah twisted yeah yeah i'm not sure I'm, yeah there's more i could say but that's just what comes up it's an awareness of i think i also have probably almost definitely have a, a sort of personal inhibition as maybe many of us do mm-hmm. around really going for it i can like say what i want sure but then if mm-hmm. i like really like if i really say all of it it's mm-hmm. like oh god like it just something in me gets it gets a little bit tied up um it brings up shame it brings up a sense of being too much yeah totally so absolutely like everyone's got all these like energetic conceptual emotional knots around yeah. all this stuff yeah. it's just like it's just in everyone because of the karma of it and all the complexities you, yeah. you mentioned so it's yeah. like the first step is to kind of like own the desire and then the second step is just to work through the knots and mm. I guess the the reason I can do it is because I can create a space of allowing where it's yeah. like nothing can shake me I can hold the space for it and yeah. it's like oh welcome to come up I think that what's helpful with that is what you're touching on as well which is that really recognizing the karmic 
nature of it and the kind of like I suppose non-self aspects of it. and so I use the imaginal a lot because yeah. it's like if you really touch into your desire like what's a shame okay like what what's it ashamed of like yeah what's happening in this image and like the too muchness like in yeah. what way are you too much can you imagine being mm-hmm. like a sex beast right. werewolf that yeah. just wants to like tear through pillage. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and pillage yeah. and like you know that it's like in that imaginal space it's kind of yeah. like that energy can be freed yes and then you undo the knot and you're sort of getting to a place where it's much more clarified and much more clean and there's space to communicate and talk about things and like yeah i guess for me it's taken me to a place where all that sort of just like innate kind of sex for the sake of sex stuff has disappeared like I don't have that in me anymore but it's not like I guess I'm not saying that it's the the point is to get to that understood yeah yeah sure it's more like just to create a bit more space so that these things can be communicated around more openly so people are aware of what what's driving them so that people can yeah I guess two sides of it one be more like safe and respectful of each other and caring so that there's less kind of issues caused by sexual problems yeah but also on the other side so that people can really enjoy it and have deep pleasure and have this sense of connection to eros and the divine through it and like really go for it and and I think what one of the things I like about the way we mm-hmm. talk about this yeah. is that there's space for us to like explore these things in you know we just we talk about them in a sort of yeah. direct way but we also have like this quite meta way where we will reflect back on things like within our relationship and within our there's just like right there's there's like the, the acknowledgement of the kind of raw experience and then like try to hold that raw experience in a broader context yeah dharmically socially yeah etc like this yeah. yeah yeah i agree i agree it's like i sometimes wonder for myself i imagine it's different for you but i wonder if sometimes for myself if I'm also doing that in part because it still feels moderately unintegrated in me, like a kind of popping up into my head and analytical. Mm, interesting. To yeah. sort of avoid being in, in the thing only. Yeah. I have an image of myself being yeah, also more free to really sink into arrows. Mm-hmm. When I, I did some imaginal work a, a while back, uh, actually with a, with a shadow work therapist, mm-hmm. um, sort of through your recommendation indirectly. And there was at some point a sort of theme of what do you imagine your sort of best case scenario self to be in, in three, five years, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was, enor- in the visualization, there was an enormous amount of arrows in my body, in my expression, in my just... I seem to be quite a sensual creature. Like mm-hmm. I, I really, I get turned on energetically mm-hmm. by the sensual realm. And there's also a kind of austerity in me at the same time. Yeah. And those two things kind of fight against each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what's interesting uh. is that what has that kind of come around for me is mm-hmm. that the par- mm-hmm. those two things are like paradoxically the same thing. Huh. It's almost like everything is eros. It's like my energy, in uh. an energetic level, I'm just having energy body sex with everything around me all the time yeah yeah but then that kind of opens up this sort of like yeah just sort of like austerity and it's almost like rather than i think what buddhism and other spiritual contexts do is is they try and create the austerity by denying correct and then that just creates shadows correct which impacts everyone and it's just it's just a lie it's like yeah everyone sort of has to buy into a lie in yeah. order to support yeah. it actually th- this like more embracing way of just really sort of 
acknowledging the the need for boundaries and safety and you know obviously all of those things but yeah. on an energetic imaginal conceptual level just really embracing it and going for it that actually create you end up coming out the other side and into a sp- place that you're not getting pulled around by it it's like possible and, and very present i understand not subconsciously kind of like dragging, dragging you around. around yeah i'm trying to think if there's any content that feels more taboo to really go into culturally so my mother is dutch mm-hmm. i grew up in the states i mm-hmm. identify very much as an american culturally i've been mm-hmm. very much cultured by the by the americans mm-hmm. uh but I was always very aware that I would come to the Netherlands, which is a much more, in many ways, more more liberal country socially. In the States, movies you know, have these ratings based on how old you're supposed to be to see mm-hmm. them. And if they have even a scrap of sexuality, mm-hmm. it's the highest restriction wow. rating. You know, right. even, you know, yeah. a shot of naked breasts mm-hmm. or of even maybe like naked butt, I don't know, whatever, like yeah. really basic. Yeah. That's got the highest level of restriction. Wow. Right. Whereas yeah. in the Netherlands, violence has the highest level restriction. Ah. So you can have films with plenty of nudity and you know if it's I think it's like if it's like aggressive sort of sort of graphic sex then mm-hmm. sure it gets a bit of a but I remember being amazed at the rating systems being so different. Like the mm-hmm. same movies would have a completely different rating and being fa- from a very young age being fascinated by this. Yeah. And reckon like I remember coming to the Netherlands and there would be like in soap commercials there would be naked breasts just like a, wow. a top, topless woman just a soap ad, you know. Oh, wow. It's like well you're, you're naked in the shower like why are you going to hide that? Yeah. And it and it made me on some level, it made me understand that relationship to sexuality, to sex, sexual images, mm-hmm. is a very relative thing. And it helped me understand there was something a bit twisted about the way we were doing it in the States. And I do think that, unfortunately, American culture is kind of the culture, or at least it's yeah, becoming yeah, yeah. the culture globally yeah. um, more than ever. And what am I saying? It's like just an awareness of how American culture's puritanical underpinnings goes into very patri- patriarchal stuff, and it goes into a lot around denial of yes sexual realities you know i remember thinking when i was very young like well in a way like sex is much more natural than violence like having sex with people is probably something we want to promote over killing people and Mm -hmm. yet we're letting kids watch movies of people killing each other all the time but sex they can't see so there was something yeah even in that there was like hmm there's something culturally going on here that i don't really know what to do with i know i have a lot of sexual energy it seems like my culture is telling me that's like not a particularly good thing or something Mm -hmm. that i just like sort of shouldn't pursue but then I should like because I see American Pie and it's about having sex before you graduate from high school it's like mm-hmm. all these incredibly conflicting messages yes um, which I imagine are even more complex for, for young girls but certainly also very complex as, as a yeah, young man yeah yeah um, complex for everyone yeah. And, yeah for everyone and so then in a way still not feeling energetically free from that I feel like cognitively I understand the dynamics much more and I, and I choose to connect with people with partners who have a shared understanding of mm-hmm. this mostly, but I'm aware that it still brings up, there's a, that's the taboo of it still feels very real in, in me. That yeah. I, I, there is a kind of an association of Eros as being a, a mix of like hedonistic in the kind of worst sense of the word, mm-hmm. in the kind of pejorative sense. What else comes up for me? Like self, there's some self-centeredness that like mm-hmm. it's so shame around self-centeredness. Like oh, it's just about you and your pleasure. You know, that's like kind yeah. of the, 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 the shadow sort of talk around it. Mm-hmm. I think it, there's something really interesting here about like the cons- the different levels. Mm. I think like on a conceptual level, mm. eros does have this sort of like it's like I see that and I want it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the mind's way of engaging with eros mm, mm. whereas on that when you were describing like being at that concert right. like how i i experience it on a more like 
energetic emotional mm-hmm, level mm-hmm. it's kind of like yeah it's more like a feeling that is being evoked and experienced which is less about getting and more about being in experience and like engaging with it and it requires it i think i think to get there to yeah. get to the point yeah. where you can experience that it requires like a reverence and a respect and a sort of like connection with the thing that you're kind of connecting with your on a heart level Correct. and in order to connect on a heart level there's an openness and a respect for the thing that you're connecting with whether that be you know a person or, or an event or yeah or right or whatever, right or a, right a food or yeah and i think that the knots around the emotions and the energy are really where the deep stuff is and it's really hard to um, unpack it that because it's true. like it, and, and and on a body level as well there's mm-hmm. like a lot of just like really animalistic stuff that everyone yeah. carries around yeah in their body and shapes how they experience sex what they think sex is what it like causes contraction around a bunch of stuff and um yeah y- you can change the way you see it to a strong degree but unless you really get into the energetic bodily level it's only going to go so deep yeah and there's something in what you're saying about being someone who has a lot of eros and sexual energy mm-hmm. I, I find a lot of people who come to me are in that that's like the, one of the main things is right. people who are like both sensitive and have a lot of life force and that can when it's in the right environment and it's kind of untangled it's like an amazing thing to yeah. have yeah but because of the cultural it's like these cultural messages for example around like male sexual energy being dangerous which are true i'm not saying that they're untrue but it's like as someone who has a lot of male sexual energy that's then going to be like in you and basically in a strong way where things like shame and you know like shadows and and difficulty connecting with it is going to be like you need the space to untangle it and get it and make it sort of enjoyable for you and clean for other people yeah in order for it to come out because you're both yeah a lot of sexual energy and open-hearted and caring and yeah certainly for me like there's been a fantasy of finding more yeah more sort of like-minded people or sort Mm -hmm. of a a culture around this and i uh, i think it's probably a bit of like you know covid being what it is and Mm -hmm. and and also probably still, if I'm being really honest, probably a bit of a kind of fear and shame that kind of keeps me from really taking that step. Yeah, there, there's an awareness that there's something very much that wants to be resolved. And it's it's a, it's, it's a very personal thing, but it's like a, it's a mix of really wanting it and really fearing it. Yeah. I think is, is, is probably the truest way to say it. The yes. simplest way to say yeah, it. Yeah, that comes up a lot. I think people are really afraid of it in themselves because it's so powerful. Correct. And Correct. it's like that sense of... Just like trust and safety and working through, you know, yeah. Yeah. It takes takes time and yeah. work and energy and <laughs> so I sort of want to talk about the VR. Should I tell the story? So we've been hanging out and, talk, you know, so just generally talking about this stuff in lots of different ways. Yeah, last night we... So we <laughs> So as an as part of an exploration of this, last night we watched. It was some, a, it was after dinner dessert. It was uh, like at, yeah. it was, you have a, go have a nice dinner and yeah. you come home and w- yeah. what did we do? You want to tell? Yeah, me? Oh, it's funny as well because when we went to the restaurant, I yeah. was joking about the fact that clearly everyone thought we were a couple. Ah, of course, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like a degree of intimacy between us. Yeah, that sure, is sure, sure. Pretty unusual. Yeah. So yeah, we went out for a really nice dinner. 
we came back and we watched basically watched some VR porn together. <laughs> well, well, not together. To get, to get into hands. I don't know if that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just for context, like I recently bought a, a an Oculus Rift, which is like a VR headset. I, I've sort of had a long-standing curiosity ab- about sort of nascent technology and and, and VR, and so I it's, I genuinely enjoy having it. And inevitably, like I don't know, I feel like if you have a VR headset and you haven't looked at porn, like what are you doing? <laughs> like, yeah, like what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. And if and if you and if you haven't, like you're lying to yourself. You have. <laughs> um. So yeah, we set, we we bust the VR out and we're just like playing with the other stuff, and then we were like, okay, yeah, this this that's a, a sort of interesting uh, an, uh, a, a personal cultural uh, exploration. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting because, I mean, but part of it for me was that I had a strange reaction to the VR where it didn't right. like land in a way. It felt right. very unreal. So that right. was sort of part of. It didn't really. It wasn't an erotic experience for me. Let's Joe, say. Joe, oh, it that's was that's very, very sort clear. Of cold. Yeah, you you, <laughs> <laughs> you look like more like you'd seen. You just looked at a photo of a corpse. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. You sort of looked a bit cold and shocked coming out of it. Yeah, it was yeah. just very dead. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think because it's so disembodied. Right. It's just like totally about what you're seeing, and because the dissonance between what your body's experiencing and your mind is seeing. It's just all like very yeah. visual, Correct. and that just doesn't like that. Like my experience now is so embodied. That Correct. Anything that's just visual just doesn't land as real. Although, w- would you say that it, that was even more acute in this case than with just watching it on a laptop or on your phone, for example? E- yeah. Because, because like in, it's sort of trying to create yeah of a real realistic experience yeah. And you're even more immersed in that than you would usually be. Yeah. And yet you're not in contact with your, or and therefore you're not in contact with your body as much. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I yeah. can understand that. Where it's like you know you're in you're in your world if you're like looking at a laptop. Yeah. Phone like yeah. in your world. Yeah. And it's like that's just one aspect of what's in your correct whole experience. Correct. That seems true. Rather than trying to like replace your experience with this yeah experience that you can only see and you can't to- totally that isn't present in any other way and and the question i want to ask you is because mm-hmm. right we, we i sort of joked like if you want to get a sense of like we talk about the male gaze yeah you know in in um in sort of dialogues around you know gender and feminism and and i said well if you really want to see what the male gaze <laughs> looks like then vr porn is just the thing for you it's, it's literally designed as if from the gaze of a man yes and, and how and how is that for you yeah so the perspective is like if you look down it's like you've got a man's body so can you describe what, like when you when you're in the view yeah. what, what are you what are you like looking at right so like you're in a man's body and the one i the one i <laughs> <laughs> also what you chose was a fascinating revelation of your yeah, inner right. world it's interesting isn't it it was like a you know like a funny porn scene set up where she was she was like painting me as a naked model and I'm, I'm a right, man right um and then she seduces me right and um that usually happens yeah <laughs> surprise surprise yeah. um and it was a fascinating experience being on the receiving end of a blowjob right for sure. right like it right. was like just like an energy that <laughs> like I'm so culturally aware of obviously like of everyone knows what's going on there of and but I've never been on the receiving end of that, right? It's kind of, yeah. I, I think it's very diff. I think it's very different the other way around. 
Ah. Uh, as in, as in to actually be receiving or to be receiving oral sex as a woman. Yeah, to be receiving oral uh, sex as a woman okay. is a different experience, I think. I assume that's true, yeah. Um, and to be on the receiving end of a woman <laughs> and particularly like a porn woman. Yeah, well. Like super, it's, like a, it's like the cartoon version of it, isn't it? Correct. With like correct. the sort of, you know, all the like makeup and yeah. Um, yeah. and just like the, the like fawning energy yep. of just sort of like, that just comes out in that way. Yeah. It was interesting, yeah. I could a hundred percent see how that does something for men. It like right. dim- destroys all the insecurities, Correct. all the like Correct. shame, all the everything around sex yes. that is like so tied up in everyone. Yeah, it's just like this, you know, like an attractive woman just like fawning over you Correct. and just like being there purely for your pleasure. Yeah. it's like that. Just it's like that bypasses all of those shadows and difficulties and, and yeah. knots. Yeah. And it's like she just sort of deals with all of that for you. R- right. By and, bringing that attitude. And in, in that way, her vulnerabilities and insecurities around sex appear to be absent. Yes. Yeah. And I think that, that is the, that's the key. It's like a lot of the problems with sexuality is that women end up taking the the brunt of they carry the weight of the the shame and the hmm. things like that because because of that reason it's like in order to be perceived as someone who is sexual it's like you put on this yeah. show of like yeah you know putting on makeup that's giving yep. off the same signals as if you're turned on yep. like yeah you know whatever um yeah it's like to be desirable you have to act as if you're willing to or you have to be willing to absorb the shadows kind of and That's like take, so the, interesting. take the front of it, it I'm, and this is also coming up because when I, I live quite close to the red light district in, in Amsterdam and, and you know you just when you're walking home from the grocery store sometimes you're passing by the, the windows of these women who are you know very provocatively dressed mm-hmm. you know literally like tapping on the glass trying to get your attention like sort of like literally trying to seduce you it has a very kind of um sirens mm. you know feeling yeah like a kind of embodied sirens mm-hmm. like these beautiful seductresses like calling for you and it's like as a man, again, it's just biologically, it, like it hits hard mm-hmm. to be to be looked at in this way. Yeah, it like it. I always stirs something in me, mm-hmm. a, a mix of excitement, fear. Like I sort of, I just I go into a bit of a freeze. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's both fun and quite scary. It is like, yeah. a, like I sort of can't think straight for a few minutes afterwards. Yeah. And I remember asking you, what, what do you think is going on there? Because my sense is, like in pornography, there is a particular energy that is, is being tapped into yes. and, and we can say ah you know we can culturally say ah you know it's it's shameful what's happening mm-hmm. pornography uh it's sh- you know pr- prostitution is is shameful and bad yeah. and of course there are many shadows there are many women who are being trafficked and like there is a very real toll mm-hmm. that's that's happening there and i also feel very curious why it persists mm-hmm. there's the persistence of this particular way of female energy attracting male energy yeah. sexually yeah and i think what you're pointing to is is very much a part of it yeah uh, like, like a way in which men are drawn to the safety and security that that image yes. artificial as it may be yeah creates yeah, yeah and, and that that is a huge burden on, on women yes yeah because their vulnerability or hesitations around sexuality in principle if i'm understanding correctly yeah need to be basically set aside yeah yeah, yeah. totally yeah 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 and it gets explicitly pretty violent and stuff you know like the general sexual violence in porn and just like yeah for sure sort of thing it just it's like the woman's there to to please the man kind of like ends up getting more and more explicit and 
so two things come up. One is is there was a, a friend of mine, I used to be a filmmaker, and, and a friend of mine who was doing a lot of um, work around the porn industry, was making films about the porn industry. She had cited some study to me that there was like a, a noticeable uptick in porn that re- reflected some degree of violence towards women yeah. in the last 10, 15 years or so. Yes. Like a much more kind of aggressive energy yeah. towards women in pornography. Yeah. Um, and then there was another study that I read um, I don't know, in the last five or so years where this guy said he basically got uh, statistics from like the major porn sites, mm-hmm. I think Pornhub and some of the other kind of major sites. Yeah. And he was like, one, he, they said I was the first person to ever require, to ask for their statistics. Mm-hmm. He said that in and of itself to me was extraordinary. Wow, yeah. Because what we're watching culturally, pornogra- in terms of pornography, says a lot about the culture we're living yes. in. Two things that stood out for me that I remember. One is that the percentage of, of uh, gay porn being watched is much higher than the percentage of known like the ratio of gay to straight people in the world. Yeah. So he was like that he's like that's just interesting like what's going on there. Yeah. And the other was that the the percentage of women watching violent porn towards women was the same as men. Ah, uh, yeah, interesting. That and he was just aware that like that there's something also, you know, indoctrination feels like a strong word, mm-hmm. but something on the level of cultural transmission yeah. that's happening for all of us yes. around what sex looks like. Yeah. And that he was like, yeah, there was some concern about that essentially. That's super interesting. Yeah, because I think probably the, 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 the gay thing, there's probably, a, like, that's a classic example of just a bunch of shadow where it's like, to- to- totally. you know, people don't feel it's okay to be gay, but, but maybe, behind the scenes, yeah. maybe that makes it more of a turn on, or maybe they're mm-hmm, just mm-hmm, lying to mm-hmm. themselves, or maybe that mm-hmm. it's a secret, but it, that's like a shadow, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's something really important about recognizing the. It's like the, the, the disentangling the energetics from the physical behavior as well. Huh, yeah, sure. Because I think the, the way in which you clear the shadow is by sort of embracing the energy in a way. So it's like nice. making sure that there's not like, yeah, not a message of shame around desire and the the sort of energetic expression of, I suppose, like, uh, just as an example, like, l- like loads of violent sexual imaginal practice uh, uh, has come yeah. through me. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. and comes up with, with other people when I'm yeah. working with them and there's nothing. It's like, that doesn't say anything about you. And it's, yeah, it's in women as much as it's in men. It's yeah. not like a thing that men yeah. have, like, decided they want to do to women and <laughs> go about just doing it. It's yeah. kind of like, yeah. yeah, this sort of energetic cultural level. I mean, I, even as you're saying this, I feel like it makes me feel sad. It brings up some fear. Mm-hmm. It's like we were having a conversation yesterday, and, I, and I'm sort of even acknowledging that there's something that feels a bit predatory mm-hmm. in me around women sexually sometimes. Mm-hmm. That feels so hard to even say. Mm-hmm. And your response is, that's okay. I mean, mm-hmm. not okay in the sense of like, go do it, but like, it's okay that that's there. Yeah. That to me feels like a level of healing that I feel very sure we're culturally not ready to have. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of good reasons for that. Mm-hmm. And also it doesn't deny the, the, the pain of that for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. I remember being, I remember doing a men's training um, a, a year, about a year ago. And they said, like, you, you can't tell people that we're doing this. But there was an encouragement to really go for when you're walking around the street, you know, when mm-hmm. you're walking on the street next time, 
imagine doing whatever you want to do to the women who, yeah. who walk by. Even saying it now, it feels like, whoo, feels hot to say. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, it it felt empowering. Yeah. It felt like yeah. there was some energy that doesn't usually see the light of day and therefore pushes me around. Sort of like the elephant in the room, getting to see some some sunlight. And it felt liberating. Felt like, ah, this does need to get processed. Like you mm-hmm. said, it needs to come through. But to even acknowledge that's present, you know, as a kind of like, you know, liberal white man mm-hmm. living in Amsterdam, like that feels yeah. almost impossible. Yes. Um, I think you're, I think frankly, you're, if I'm being really honest, you're one of the few people with whom I could have that conversation and not feel like I was about to get obliterated, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's, which is why I appreciate our friendship so much. Yeah, 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 me too. Yeah, it's like, I think the, the sensitivity, which is clearly just like baked into you, is that the, that's not the behaviour. Is that actually like just really going with it and yeah, thinking about, it's kind of like the, the energy is inside you and almost yeah. like, yeah. it's almost like a like a jar with a lid on. But Correct. The, the life force is always coming into the jar. And so Correct. if you don't find a way to, clear it out it Correct. just oozes out into exactly right into exactly the world right. and but actually like taking the lid off and yeah. letting it come out in a way that you trust is safe yeah is that is like the most powerful thing yeah and but there's also another interesting dynamic to this which is that the thing that we talked about where it's like there's a very sort of base level where you're stuck in the fixed roles of like predator prey right, yeah right which is typically man as predator yeah. woman as prey. and it's right. not the other thing is that it's not always this way around and there are you know like for example women who seduce men to get sure, them, get sure, money out of sure, them and sure, like, sure, sure, you know it kind of it does go both yeah, ways sure, worth recognizing sure, sure. but generally the majority, yeah yeah let's say yeah there's like a man as the kind of predator, woman as prey, and the, it's like people, are, if they haven't taken the lid off the jar, and, yeah. and like become conscious of it and processed it and freed it up, it's like they're stuck in those roles. Yeah. And I feel like the porn thing, the women watching porn, oh. is that is part of this. It's like, that's the role you're given in life. Correct. And sex is this thing. Correct. And you engage with it in this way. And in a way like the best you can hope for you know most men just haven't done the work aren't aware enough and so the best thing you can hope for is like a good version of this yeah dynamic that seems true for most people that seems true and then there's kind of like the middle layer where it's more this sort of like liberal equality mm-hmm. like let's be careful and like yeah deal with the issues make it safe right. like really mm-hmm. we need to yeah like be m- more about equality Correct. which is super important which is important yeah <laughs> like not something to be missed out yeah but then there's like on top of that yeah. there's like another layer yeah. which is where you get into the sense where once you've freed up the energy in you and there's more spaciousness and awareness and it's right. like you're not just like enacting fixed toxic habit energy but you're like free to explore these things i think there is something for example in that predator prey thing which is that like the idea for me of being kind of like super desired and like Mm -hmm. that dynamic of predator prey is quite sexy yeah yeah it's like and also all the the signals that are like being kind of caricatured in porn and in like Uh adverts where women look beautiful and things like that you know like big wide eyes and like red lips and like flushed cheeks or whatever that's all the signals of the things that are in a way kind of like when it's working in its best possible way I would agree. It's almost like that is what what you're going for with sex, but it's like making sure that it's gone through the whole 
process and it's aware and it's conscious and it's spacious it's coming from a place of like joy and connection for everyone rather than like fixed roles and people just trying to like get rid of the shadow from the so so like the man who just wants to get rid of the insecurity by being with some woman who just fawns Uh, and like uh, carries the weight of it yeah it's like being able to to work through the insecurity yeah come out the other side of it and then be able to sort of connect in a way that's empowered and for everyone this to me i think in the best case scenario is where something like bdsm and like and like conscious play with power roles, mm-hmm. even gender roles mm-hmm. in sex becomes really interesting. I did a handful of uh, workshops around Shibari, which is uh, sort of a, the woman who was teaching it sort of called it like non, non-scary non rope bondage or sort of like rope bondage in the light of day, you know, and, and in a way it was one of the most erotic, thing I've ever, erotic things I've ever done. There was so much eros in it. Mm-hmm. It was not explicitly sexual. There was like a, a, one of the workshops, there was like space for it to become sexual. Mm-hmm. But in principle, it's not about sex. It's mm-hmm. about the eros that comes up from the contact, from the intimacy, from the the friction and the unusualness of having this rope around your body and, and the kind of beauty of the dance. I mean, watching this woman, I mean, she was really a master. Watching, as she worked for several years as a, as a professional um, anti-dominatrix, watching her do a, a shibari demonstration with a, another woman one time. I mean, it was sort of like watching a dance. I mean, it took your breath away. Mm-hmm. The beauty of it, the grace, the primalness the ferocity i mean it was it has still has a big impact on me to Mm -hmm. to think on it and it was a place where as you pointed to there is a a a capacity i don't think this is always happening like i think there's plenty of shadow and bdsm as Mm -hmm. well as my sense a lot of people working out or playing out unworked through sexual traumas unfortunately and i think there's a capacity for that to be a space where you can go in having done your homework and to play with power dynamics with gender dynamics like with all the kind of taboos that we have around these themes you can Mm -hmm. go in and say we're going to consent now to be predator and prey and then we can flip roles in the next scene and now you're the predator and i'm the prey what does that feel like Mm -hmm. and it's almost like a kind of like a nervous system gym or like an energy system gym like going through the experience of going through the experience of you know receiving a a a (laughs) blowjob you know like it's but it's like in a way it's 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 in a way like creating in my experience it's like creating a, a limberness in my own eros system like being open to a broader range mm-hmm. of eros yeah i don't think i was prepared for how much i would enjoy being tied up i don't think i was prepared for how much i would enjoy tying up mm-hmm. both felt like whoa like just a like a, a different like version of myself mm-hmm. i would say a sort of like eros body if there's such a thing like yeah. an eros body really coming online in me and and being quite shocked and and awed by the power, the beauty, the intensity, like much of what I seem to sort of seek out in life in, in its best moments emerged in those experiences. Mm-hmm. And and that felt like an important insight, like uh, an important window into something that in the past I just thought like, ah, it's like a bit of like, it's just a bit weird, you know, like BDSM. Yeah, felt a bit sure. Like, I don't know what's going yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah. Like, it just seems like a bunch of wounded people kind of yeah. enacting. And I, sorry to anybody who's listening who's really into BDSM. Like, <laughs> clearly I'm the ignorant one in this case. But just acknowledge that there, there is a real beauty. And also the fact that BDSM is so taboo. Yeah. You know, like culturally, yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't talk about it. Yeah. You know, it's like something you have to sort of have to hide. Yeah. So then that to me is, again, sort of reinforcing this notion of even to work through these themes is something we can't really talk about. Whereas, like, I suppose my approach is that that is awakening. It's like you're awakening yeah. parts of yourself that you don't normally touch on. You're awakening the energy. You're yeah. like awakening the... Yeah. Becoming more aware of it, becoming yeah. more in touch with it, becoming more connected, becoming more, like, wise, able to communicate about it better, like, yeah. becoming more... Yeah. It's all the things that awakening talks about. And right. in 
the way in which we're most deeply driven in life. So it's in a way, it's kind of like the door. It's like one of the doors into the deepest awakening. Yeah, there's something about societal like pressure points with it as well. It's mm. almost like if you can mm. just free up a bit of this energy in people yeah. in a good way, it's like suddenly, because sex is so important, it's so tied into like status and how we're perceived. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like whole whole tranche of like the patriarchy is wrapped up in this like, desire to control and Mm -hmm. whereas like yeah I feel like if you've gone into those things you just described Mm -hmm. and they're like playing with power and Mm -hmm. like what Mm -hmm. and the sort of link to eros and the Mm -hmm. the, Mm -hmm. what can feel good and receiving it and giving it being on both sides like that it's it takes something that is like so tight and so constricting so painful for everyone and so like impossible to talk about or look at or experience or like feel into emotionally and it turns into like a a space where people are are more just like like a playground yeah yeah yeah. and much more able to look at themselves and there's something important in what you're saying about this have someone having the capacity to hold the space for that because it's like a double bind for both men and women and it's like that needs to be broken open so that people yeah. can like just be in the energy without judgment yeah and obviously for that to happen there needs to be like you know safety so either yeah however that, that whatever context you're in yeah yeah I, I agree wholeheartedly and i get this like maybe this is very cynical but i get this like um what comes to mind is is a, a quote. Do you know Brene Brown? Yeah. The, yeah, I, th- I think she's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, I love her, yeah. Yeah. She had this line in one of her talks like, if every woman in America or in the world woke mm-hmm. up tomorrow and, and, and really thought that they were beautiful, capitalism would collapse overnight. And I think I have a similar flavor mm-hmm. with what you're describing around Eros, like true connection, energetic exploration. I, I get like... I'm not much of a conspiracy theorist, but I get mm-hmm. some flavor of how capitalism needs this not to happen. Capitalism yeah, yeah. needs us to be disconnected from mm-hmm. this to a certain degree so that we end up buying things that won't satisfy us, yeah. but will get us close enough yeah. that we don't shoot ourselves, basically. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like, and again, I don't feel like there's any like sort of, you know, like capitalist genie behind the scenes, you know, yeah. clicking his fingers on his desk, like, loving this. It's just yeah. something about the culture we have set up right now. My, my, the, the phrase that came to mind is, would we get to the level that you're describing where it's like possible to really explore these things openly, vulnerably, truly? I think our culture would have to undergo massive transformation. Yeah. So much would have to change. By the way, we structure our world. I think it's uh, like chicken and egg, but in a positive sense. I, I agree positive. Yeah. But to me, I guess my sense in saying that is there are a lot of forces working against that happening. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 sure. There's yeah. a lot of socioeconomic, political... forces kind of working against this happening on a cultural level on an individual level i think individuals are individuals but i think it's already happened and it's happening on a cultural level and it's it's like preceded by a lot of things like women's empowerment things like that are sort of falling into place where it's sort of the bonfires being laid and it's like waiting to put the match on where it's like okay and things that, like polyamory and yeah. open relationships are like just in the last 
10, it seems 15. to me like yeah. the last 10 years have yeah. exploded that's true and suddenly all these people are consciously talking about what correct. does sex mean like correct developing language around it kind I, of like, i would agree with that also like for lgbtq people they've mm. really blazed the trail in this for others as well where yeah, it's I like agree. opening things up and it's like it feels culturally like it's happening and there's some i agree with you that mm. there's mm. huge amounts of like care and respect and changes in culture that sort of need to happen but also it's like by doing the work you become the sort of person who engages with society differently so it's sort of like when I'm working with someone I can see it change their worldview and then they go out into the world and behave differently and then that's affecting the world and then it's like of course you sort of just it has this kind of like sort of spreading nature and I think partially because people want it so much and it's like often when I'm working with people it's like a huge relief it's like you give people yeah. the opportunity yeah. to yeah. engage in this different way and people yeah. are like holy shit yeah, yeah. like what I really what, what I actually yeah. at my core what I really want is beauty mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. eros is mm-hmm. connection yeah. and it's almost like the the suffering is that it's so confined in society and it's like everyone's confined and they're not allowed and then you create a safe space of allowing and people are like wow great and the change can happen quite fast because the desire for it is so strong and the it's like the beauty of it it kind of folds in it's like the desire for beauty and the beauty of desiring beauty somehow that makes it exponential the change in people yeah i mean i think if i if i go off on a long enough time horizon like mm-hmm. if i zoom out to let's say 500 years ago mm-hmm. then it's changed quite a lot yeah <laughs> this i think the part of me that's like holding my breath for like eros classes to be taught in like middle school i'm, I'm probably not gonna see that in my lifetime maybe you disagree maybe i have a bit more cynical view about this than you do yeah maybe also as an american i will say uh, seeing yeah. the cultural backlash the conservative cultural yeah. backlash that comes up yeah seeing abortion rights for the first time sort of really being threatened in the states for the first time in 60 years almost 50 yeah. years i do get a sense that this movement is already in progress and maybe i do feel some pessimism about just how swiftly it can move as long as capitalism and patriarchy are what they are sure you know? yeah 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 there's something about like definitely it's up there all the way suddenly gonna be like yeah. oh look everyone's to- just to- like totally basking chilling in the yeah right right it's like right. there's some really serious societal structures that need to be almost like destroyed you you know what's coming through really strongly just now is Mm -hmm. wow i don't know where i heard this Mm, yeah i feel quite moved by this that it it touches on the sort of divinity of this quality that we're talking Mm -hmm. about because yeah this was years ago but someone told me this quote which was that when jesus came to to earth to the the people that he was that he Mm -hmm. was with and told them who they really are Mm -hmm. it scared them so much that they killed him Mm, yes and I have a feeling that that's also sort of what's at stake. Yeah. If we start to get into what's really here, who we mm-hmm. are, yeah. sort of in the sort of capital A R sense, yeah, um, it terrifies something in us. Yes. That's my sense of part of what's at stake here. People are terrified of me. Yeah. 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 As they should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's the. How old are you? No, well, we gotta get to past thirty-three. That's for sure. <laughs> And this is why they're terrified of me. Right. It's like on an energetic yes. level, yes. they can sense that I'm like yeah. this just embodiment of sort of distributed universal yeah. Yeah. eros. And yeah. I'm like... Ah, ah, yeah, nice. And nice. that's it. That it's basically this is like the thing that destroys the self. It destroys yeah. the patriarchy. Correct. It destroys... Correct. And everyone's like so entrenched in that that it's a terrifying... 
prospects and yeah. really meet what I'm, the energy and the yeah. the message and everything that I'm bringing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's also, there's something interesting, which I feel like actually is what I've been, the kind of, the level at which I've been working through it and which we've talked some about yeah. and, and it's been very helpful for me. Yes which is there's a double bind which is that the patriarchy is and that sort of energy is terrified of it but it's not willing to recognize its own terror and oh, so for sure. it turns it into like you're bad like female sexual energy is bad oh, this for sure. like oh, for sure. it's wrong or like oh, for sure. and i was sort of still on some level kind of like internalizing that and struggling with it where it's like mm. not being able to just be a full expression and i think the way that we've sort of talked about it and, and unpacked some of it, I, there's a, the way in which I create a space for allowing for people I've worked mm. with, I feel like you've given that to me where we've mm. kind of talked openly about this stuff. It's not that mm-hmm. the, the fear doesn't, has to go away, sure, sure, but it's just like sure. out in the open and yeah, then yeah. I can sort of feel into it and reflect on it and, and be okay with the fact that, that I'm terrifying. Because it's like you you see that and you talk about it mm-hmm. and you're, you still, accept me you, yeah and and that's the kind of energy that's needed to heal this stuff it's mm. like it's mm. like it's like the energy in you is welcome and i still love you even mm. if it's like dark or even if it's yeah it's like getting rid of the risk that you're going to be ostracized from the tribe or cut off or correct um that's what allows the energy to be worked through and but there's something interesting as well in a lot of my like earlier writing and stuff like that which is it's more like heartful Mm. and there's a way in which this energy when it's not getting like the sort of fawning energy Mm -hmm. of being Mm -hmm. overly heartful can Mm -hmm. be a way to 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 deal with this which we've talked about a bit as well it's kind of like having to sweet having to sweeten the deal and i think this plays out in masculine and feminine dynamics as well it's like when you're at risk of being considered bad and being cut off yeah. You have to sweeten the deal Correct. and kind of paint it in a way where it's palatable to the other person. And so you become more heartful and like, oh, yeah, let's be... Like, I, I get an image and... of sort of like creating a split between your heart and your sort of sexual center. Yeah. It's like the heart is allowed, like, oh, I just, it's all love. Yes. As opposed to like, I want to fuck and eat you at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> like that that more kind of primal expression of Eros. Yeah. yeah. Um, is, is that what you mean? Yes. Yeah, okay. And then because of the split, it's like you lose... A bunch of the life force. Uh, absolutely, you, absolutely, a huge amount of it. I would say. Yeah. I think. I think personally, that exact dynamic is probably the, the main place I'm like working at the moment. Is right. yeah. a recognition of just how much power mm-hmm. is in the full expression, mm-hmm. and how challenging it has been for me to find expression of that, both personally and I think also just like life circumstance wise. Like yeah. I think it's it's something that needs to be held with a lot of space. Mm-hmm. It needs to be welcomed and. and I do think that it's not so common to find people in places where that's really possible. At least that's been my experience so far. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I think I'd really want to hear sometime you talk more about the link between awakening Eros and spiritual awakening. I think I have mm-hmm. a pretty good feeling for what and why that is. Yeah. But that to me feels like a fairly novel concept. Ah, uh, yeah. Like I think good. that many people, at least in the circles that I've floated in, certainly Buddhist circles, yeah. it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Those things are not related. In fact, they're almost antithetical. Yes. You know? I think there's something about... So th- there's two... Maybe just as a quick overview, because that does feel important. The thing we talked about with the levels, it's like 
it it's kind of fits into my body, heart, mind, soul right. framework. Right. And it's like if you imagine it like a triangle, the body's on the bottom. Yeah. The heart's next. Yeah. The mind's next, and then the soul's next. Right. It's almost like Buddhism just gets. It does include the hearts and the heart yeah. stuff, obviously, yeah. and yeah. um doesn't really include body. Mm. It can a bit with yeah. like tant- tantric stuff, but yeah. not here. Yeah. 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 Um, but this this is really like the body and the soul, and it's like the mind. It's kind of like the mind runs itself into a dead end where you get to the yeah. point where it's like. You know, awakeness yeah, yeah, and yeah, like yeah. noticing the luminosity. Yeah, yeah, lumin- like, yeah clarity, awareness, clarity, all that. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yet, that doesn't the the soul bit. Yes. Is like going really, really deeply in. It's almost like using that sense of spaciousness. Yeah. That is created from having a big kind of like non-dual open yeah. awareness. Yeah. Using that sense of spaciousness to then yeah. really like go in and go into the deepest parts of us and awaken the yeah. content and the yeah. the energies and the collective conscious in us and yeah. like yeah it's very Jungian it's very like symbolic it's sort of like deity practice and stuff like that it's, yeah is this yeah it's the same thing you're kind of like you know imagining some of it's quite sexy isn't yeah, it as yeah, well like sure. imagining for sexy sure. deities or whatever sure. is for the sure. same as this in a, in a way and it's almost like the it's like the bit that goes beyond the just the mind stuff totally um and so it's like a deeper spiritual awakening in a way because you're that, you're going deeper and deeper into the, experience and into what's actually into going your on humanity and, and yeah yeah that, that yeah. makes sense I think that maybe for the first time helps me understand a bit more about what's happening in, in those tantric, like Buddhist images, mm. and appreciation for the richness that may may well be there. Yeah, um, it's almost like it's showing you part of yourselves and giving very, very creating much so. like allowing for you to. I think I was always seeing those be, things through the mental, right? And it was yeah, like yeah. it must be symbolism. Yeah, and you're like, well, yeah, it's also symbolism, but it's like also just your humanity. Yeah, on, on display. Yeah, um, yeah, it's like energetic. Yeah. human bodily symbolism yeah. is felt as much as it is yeah. seen and yeah. yeah. Hmm. So yeah, it'd be cool to talk more about yeah. that. And maybe nice. maybe that might uh, come out more if we should do with us. Yeah. yeah, nice, nice, nice. Thanks for listening and hope you enjoyed. If you did let me know because we might record more on the topic of sex, love and awakening. Bye!